Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We got our way to win. It's simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one. Into Murray. Here we go. Ten seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic. All right, and welcome back to the Chicken Nuggets podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Garcia, here with another episode of the Chicken Nuggets. I know there was a bit of a delay between my last episode and this episode, but here's the thing. We had a Winter World Cup. I don't know if any of y'all noticed, but there were games, like four games every day. So I appreciate those of you who continue to keep an eye out for new episodes and listen, and I totally understand that it's hard to keep up if There's not a consistent schedule, and I will work on trying to create some more consistency moving forward, especially through the month of January and February, and then of course, April, um, all the way through April, through the end of the season. It's kind of crazy to think about, because I don't feel like we're at a point where we're at the end of the season, but we are not at the end of the season, but like we're already thinking about the end of the season, which is kind of crazy. Yesterday at the um, the Memphis game, I was sitting having dinner with some of the other local beat writers and reporters. Um, shout outs to the boys, Matt Moore, Adam Mares, Ryan Blackburn, and Asher. You know, all of us sitting there having conversation and and um, we started talking about like the rankings at the end of the season and what if we have to face the if we finish one or two, if the Nuggets finish first or second in the West, they might have to face the Warriors, depending on where the Warriors finish, with Steph out right now and how long Steph's will be injured for. And I like, I was like, hold on a second. I feel like we're still at the beginning of the season. Like, I feel like we still don't even know what all these teams look like because there's such um, few games so far. And Matt was like, no, actually, we're like a third of the way through the season. So I was doing down the breakdown here before the pod, and he's right. We're thir- That was the 30th game, the game against Memphis last night was their 30th game, their win, now taking first place in the Western Conference, your Denver Nuggets, ahead of the Memphis Grizzlies and the Pelicans, and let's see who else are they ahead of right now. They're really tied with the Grizzlies. The, the Grizzlies are zero games back. We have the same amount of wins and losses and the same winning percentage. So it's more like a tie for first, but since we beat the Grizzlies, it's like you got to give the Nuggets some credit and give them first place right now. The Pels are in third with a game back and the Suns are in fourth with a game behind as well. And then you have the Blazers in seventh. And I only bring up the Blazers because they are next on the Nuggets schedule they play the Blazers Friday night um and then the Suns on Christmas Day so that Suns game is definitely one obviously it's on Christmas Day so it's one that 
the NBA, the league wants you to watch, but it's also going to be one that could potentially determine first place in the Western Conference because the Suns are only a game back. Uh, and I'd have to like look at the Suns' schedule to see exactly who they have to face prior to the Nuggets, but the Nuggets will face Portland just before. Uh, the Suns have to face the Grizzlies on Friday night. So again, all of these games have a lot of implications on the standings, and even though it feels like it's the beginning of the season, really depending on where you fall in the standings will affect who your first round playoff matchup is. And obviously, I don't think any of us would like to see the Warriors in the first round of the playoffs. I don't think that's what we signed up for this season. I think Nuggets fans really want to see the Nuggets come out on top. I, I would say anything, I guess I'll speak for myself personally, but let me know what you all think. Um, when after listening to the pod, or you know, you can reach out via Instagram and Twitter at Vita Viva Diva. But if the Nuggets don't make it to the Western Conference Finals, for me personally, that is a failure on the season because of the changes they made during the offseason to improve their defense, all while being, as Michael Malone said, he doesn't believe that this could possibly be the worst defense that he has had in his tenure with the Nuggets and yet they are ranked the worst defense in his time since he's been here which is kind of crazy because they made all these adjustments to really demonstrate or or to improve the defense right that was the key was let's improve the defense and that's why they picked up guys like Bruce Brown Christian Brown um in the draft uh those are those were some of the key moves as far as reasons for why they did that, right? It was all centered around defense. Currently, after the game, they're still 24th in defensive rating as a league, giving up a total of 114 points to opponents. So that's a bottom 10 defense in the NBA right now. Only teams worse than the Nuggets at defense include the Orlando Magic, the Utah Jazz, Charlotte Hornets, the Rockets, the Pistons, and the Spurs. And I I think, I mean, I understand. Yes, that's their ranking. They're ranked number 24 out of those uh, 30 teams. But, but, I will just say, this is a team that still, for whatever reason, and I don't know what they need to overcome <laughs> to get over this, but they still play to the level of their opponent, right? We saw that last night versus Memphis. Memphis did not look hundred percent I would say I don't think jaw looked a hundred percent and he still had plenty of points to prove me otherwise and I still don't think he looked like his best form um, or version of his best self I don't think the team looked like their best version of themselves and the nuggets caught them on a good night right when you're not playing your best basketball then anyone in this league can win um, but I do think the nuggets got away with like a game where Memphis wasn't really hitting their shots while Denver really was. Um, and so they get the win last night to take first place. Nikola Jokic has put on a clinic over the last two games. Um, I was out of town. I was in Mexico for my cousin's wedding for the last few games uh, or for a week about at the beginning of December. So, uh, and go figure. <laughs> very myopic of me to think that my apps that I where I watch games here in the US would work 
in Mexico. Guess what, guys? They don't. You can't just have the NBA app and think, okay, well, when I'm in Cancun, I will be able to still use this app and access the things that I want to see or games I want to see on the app. That's actually not true. Yeah, they have their own apps and their own um, like rights holders. So yeah, that was tough to watch games out there. But in the two that I've seen since I've been back, the Hornets game and then the Memphis game, Nikola Jokic has done everything to demonstrate that he is worthy of another MVP candidacy, uh, worthy of another MVP trophy, I guess I should say. He um, records 40 points, 27 rebounds, and 10 assists versus the Hornets, who are one of the defenses who is worse than the Nuggets, so keep that in mind. Um, the 27 rebounds, he had 20 or 21 rebounds at halftime. At halftime of that game, Nikola Jokic and Aaron Gordon were the only two starters with points on the board. Bruce Brown, KCP, and Jamal Murray had no points at halftime. Jamal ends up finishing that game in 34 minutes, only recording six points, but he did have 11 assists, and I thought he still played a very good game. He was still part of the game like a contributor to the game and to the success of that game um, via his assists as opposed to the shots not falling, you know, and I know a lot of people were down, have been down on Jamal over the last few games, but this happens to everybody. There's highs and lows and slumps and you're not always going to play great. The good thing is that this Nuggets team is so deep, so, so deep that literally any given night, anybody could be the star. Um, over the last couple nights, it's been a Nikola Jokic-Aaron Gordon show. Aaron Gordon had 19 points in the game against the Hornets, and then KCP ended up following up uh, his second half with 20 points of his own, uh, hit several three-pointers, four from nine from three, um, which really boosted his points up <laughs> quicker than I than the other guys on the floor, I guess you could say. Bruce Brown, he actually played much better in the second half. He was not looking too good in the first half. I don't think it was his best game in general, but he was still able to get on the board. So the Nuggets roll through the Hornets, and at the end of the night, Matt Moore asked me, along with I think TJ McBride was there as well, they said, well, Jenna, what do you think about the win? You know, what does it mean to you? Do you feel better about this team? Or do you? how do you feel? How did it, did it change anything for you? And my answer was, no, not really. It was the Hornets. Let's remember who we were playing. And uh, in all things, you always got to remember, like, who is the opponent or who's the person who is speaking into your life. If it's a topic that, you know, someone's giving you advice or something, I always say, remember who's speaking into your life and whether you should value what they have to say or not. Because a lot of people are going to say a lot of shitty things along the way. The Hornets are 14th in the Eastern Conference standings. So, yeah, not a great team. So beating them did not, and despite Nikola Jokic's, like, historic night, right? Nobody has had a 40-27-10 game since Wilt Chamberlain. Like, Nikola Jokic, like, let's take a moment of gratitude for Nikola Jokic, for the fact that we get to watch him every single day. Do not take this for granted. I will remind you all, as I like to remind people, anytime we talk about Nikola and not taking him for granted, 
that we had Nolan Arenado here in Denver, and I went to as many possible games as I could while he was here because that is athleticism that you can't take for granted. And Nicola, despite the fact that people don't think he's an athletic player, his style of play is one that is going to be hard to forget. It's going to be hard to transition to watching NBA games when Nicola no longer plays in them. And hopefully he leaves, I believe he's leaving his footprint, and there are many young players who seem to be modeling their game after him, which is so cool to see, but we cannot take him for granted here in Denver. So there's my little spiel on Nicola. I didn't feel great after the Hornets win. It didn't like boost my spirits necessarily. I felt like, okay, good win. Really great line. Super historic night for Nicola. Awesome to see. Definitely. Um, but I didn't feel like, wow, like that changed my opinion about this Nuggets team. It still leaves me with doubts. Um, the game against Memphis probably, I would say, changed my opinion a little bit just because Memphis is a really good team, top of the Western Conference, a team battling for first, a team with potentially the most dynamic player I've ever seen. By far, my favorite player for the last two years in John Morant. I love watching him play. He's so much fun to watch. He does amazing things. And yet, he seemed to shine more dull, in my opinion, next to Nikola Jokic last night. It was still the Nikola Jokic show. He was still the best player on the floor. And the team with the best player typically wins in basketball, which the Nuggets were able to do. 105 to 91 over Memphis. Um, they stuck with them the whole game. The first quarter really, really put Memphis behind. Had they not had such a terrible first quarter maybe this game would have been a little bit more close which I thought it was going to be the Nuggets aren't a team that cover the spread very often so I definitely bet against them um I took Memphis to cover the spread which they couldn't do either so there you go I'll probably bet against the Nuggets against the spread against Portland and Phoenix in the next two home games um I think those will all, those teams typically typically keep it close. Portland has been playing pretty good. Dame has been on one, even though the Blazers are another defense that is a bottom NBA defense, a bottom 10 defense. Uh, they rank 23rd overall, so that game I, I think will be a lot more even, although when the Nuggets are running on all cylinders and firing on all cylinders – they have such an incredible offense. This Memphis game, we didn't get to see that offense, one, because we're missing Michael Porter Jr., still, and Jamal Murray was out with a sore knee. So let's talk about the lineups. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. One of the topics that has come up recently in Nuggets Nation and amongst Nuggets Media has been the rotations, you know, the lineups, the players that are out there and the combination of players that are out there and their efficiency and their plus minus and who works well on the floor with who, right? You may have seen a graphic going around Twitter this week uh, that basically shows you how Jokic has a positive impact on every single player when he's on the floor with them. That I like to call the LeBron effect. That is a LeBron detail, characteristic, I guess you could say. Something LeBron did, right? LeBron made his teammates better. I think this is a characteristic trait you could even um, apply to MVP candidates in general. An MVP should be the most valuable player, not just because of their own direct contributions or direct contributions to points, but their direct contributions to the others on the team excelling, to other people on the team getting the ability or having the ability to score points. Um, or their contribution to the team's defense and the ability to stop the other team from scoring points. All of these ways are, in my opinion, how I would evaluate the most valuable player. It's not just who has the most points or who gets me the most points in fantasy. I get it. (laughs) I have Jalen Hurts and it hurts this week to have to play without him. So I totally get how all of those things apply to like the everyday fan. Um, But I would say 
that is something when you can make your teammates better it's almost invaluable it's an invaluable character trait that you you and you hear it from the his teammates Aaron Gordon talked about it last game um after beating Memphis he just spoke to how much Nicola impacts the game how much a great example of this is was in the World Cup uh the semifinal right France literally did not have to try all that hard to score in their semifinal match because Mbappe has this energetic or this pull, right? This magnetism because he is such a killer, such a sniper. He can score from wherever. He he's so strong and powerful, all things I would say about Nikola Jokic that you have to have two or three guys paying attention to him. Your whole squad, all five players on the court have to know where Nicola is because Nicola impacts the game so much. Um, if you're looking at lineups and how they're like plus minus, right, or their difference of points, you can look at all the different lineups that the Nuggets have run on cleaningtheglass.com. And there's only a few lineups that really reach like a hundred possessions, which is what I would say would be like a good sample size. There's two lineups that are just shy of those hundred possessions that I'll include today. Um, all of those four, there are four total lineups that have had almost a hundred possessions. 87 is the fewest possessions. Um, all four of those lineups are positive. All four of those lineups include Nikola Jokic. All four of those lineups include Aaron Gordon. And then there's some variance, right? Um, the first lineup with 555 possessions and a plus minus of plus 11.8 includes Jamal Murray, KCP, and Bruce Brown and Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic. As I said, all four of these lineups have Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic in them. This one has Jamal Murray in it, as well as KCP and Bruce Brown. Like I said, 555 possessions and a plus, more or less, plus 12 points. A difference of 12 points. They're 12 points better than the other team on the floor when those five guys are on the floor. The second best would be a plus 14.7. Actually, I guess that would be the first best. That is your lineup that includes Michael Porter Jr., KCP, and Jamal Murray. So that was their lineup prior to Michael Porter Jr. becoming in, uh, getting the injury and um, suffering from that injury. So he's been out for a little bit. Um, the update on MPJ was given after the, or before the game against the Hornets, and we were told 10 days. 10 days. That would put us, potentially, he could play the Suns they said seven to 10 days. I'm going to just lean on the 10 days so that I don't get my hopes up any sooner. So seven days would technically be in time for the game against the Suns on Christmas from that, that Hornets game when they told us this. 10 games, 10 days would put us on their back-to-back, the 27th and the 28th, in Sacramento against the Kings. I think MPJ should come back against Sacramento on the road. 
less pressure. You're on the road. None of your home fans, not none of them, but probably less of your home fans are watching. Um, he's on the road. There's no home court pressure uh, from the stands, from the fans. I don't know how well MPJ is known in Sacramento. Maybe he's got a lot of fans out there. He's a pretty popular guy. But I would guess that he has less fans than he has in Denver. I think that would take the pressure off of him. Plus, it's Sacramento on the road. Sacramento feels like a their sixth place right now. They're not like a scrub team, but they're middle of the pack. It, it would feel better than going up against the Suns, who are technically tied for second in the West. So the Suns feeling like a much more strong defensive team as well, where the Kings are only 19th in defensive rating. The Suns are 10th in defensive rating. So tougher, tougher defense. They, the Suns have a lot of long uh, wing defenders. So again, tougher for, for MPJ to face them. I would say not that the Kings are going to be much easier. They're a pretty good team this year. <laughs> I think most people just hear the Kings name and they think, Oh, they're trash, right? No, 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 no. They're a pretty good team this year. They're a pretty good team. They're not bad but a team that the Nuggets could beat and should beat. Um, so that would be great if we could see him back in that lineup. As it is their most their most strong lineup um, with the biggest sample size. There are other lineups that are like plus 30, for example, or a plus 51. But those lineups have such few minutes and possessions together, it's hard to really consider that a number that we could really look at. Um, because those possess there's like 30 possessions or 50 possessions on those lineups. Uh, it means it could be good, could be great, but we'd probably want to see more of uh, that combination before we just assume, right? Because with twice as many possessions, that number could fluctuate quite a bit. But their best lineup includes Michael Porter Jr. Shockingly, their defense has been worse since MPJ has been out, which makes me happy. I'm glad to see that. Like, and I hope MPJ notices that too. And like notices that the defense, it doesn't come down to just him. Like it is a team stat. Defense is a team effort to be good on defense. Everybody has to contribute. And so it's not just on him. Hopefully that takes some weight off of him. I do think if you really think about the difference in their defense and why it has dropped since he's been out, you probably could guess that even though MPJ is not a great defender, he is a bit taller, a bit longer. Um, he takes up more space. He can close out in a way that maybe feels more threatening, even if it's not more threatening. Uh, so maybe that's the reason. Not totally sure, but definitely interesting that the defense has been worse since he's been out. Hoping to see him back for Sacramento. The third best lineup, I told you guys I would do the top four that had enough possessions, right? Um, the third best lineup is a plus 12.3. It only has 87 possessions. As I mentioned, it's a small sample size. I'd prefer over 100 possessions. But 12.3, um, a positive 12.3, that includes Nicola, Aaron Gordon, MPJ, Bruce Brown, and KCP in that lineup. Again, only 87 possessions. The other, the first two had 555 possessions and 372 possessions. A lot more firm numbers there. And then the fourth lineup, which also includes Jokic, Gordon, 
Bruce Brown, KCP, and Christian Brown is a plus 11.2 on the difference. When I was going through the different lineups, um, which you can do again on cleaningtheglass.com, one thing I did find interesting is that a lot of the lineups that include Zeke Najee are also positives. They're the issue with using them, again, is that they have a small sample size. There's not very many possessions. We can't really tell. But, for example, in one of the lineups that Zeke has been a part of uh, as the backup four, there's KCP, Bruce Brown, MPJ, Zeke Najee, and DeAndre Jordan in that lineup. There's only been 20 possessions that they've played together, uh, which is not really Zeke's fault. Uh, necessarily he doesn't get to determine when he gets off of the bench and things like that but that one's a plus 38.8 Zeke's also been in a lineup for 19 possessions with Bones Jeff Green Bruce Brown Christian Brown which is a negative 19.7 a zero difference no positive zero net positive zero net negative Zeke Vladko Brown Brown and Bones and then you have a couple others where he has been a positive again. I think that first one that I mentioned with KCP, Bruce, MPJ, Zeke, and DeAndre has, was a positive and shows net positive here of 38.8 points. I would probably guess because it's a pretty good defensive lineup, pretty tall guys, long guys, even with MPJ out there, he probably took control of the majority of the offense. Um, but you got some really good defenders in Bruce Brown and Zeke Najee. DeAndre Jordan protecting the paint. KCP and MPJ are very long, um, tall guys who can de- definitely defend on the wing. Obviously, KCP better than than MPJ, but hopefully he's learning something from his uh, teammate there. But I would guess that that would be a lineup that would be pretty productive in on the defensive end and decent on the offensive end. I'd like to see more of it. We got to see a little bit of Zeke last night, which was exciting to see just because he... We haven't really heard a reason why or how come Zeke hasn't been more a part of the rotation. All we've heard is that he deserves a chance to be a part of the rotation and that they hope to figure out how he can be a part of the rotation. He was a net positive one net positive one last night against the Memphis Grizzlies in 10 minutes. I definitely think there is a time and a place for Zeke, obviously, in this rotation. I think the team thinks that, and I'd like to see a little bit more of him just so that we can figure out, like, is he going to fit into this group? Is he going to be a part of this team, or are we using him as a trade piece to move on? Because the whole, like, in limbo thing I don't think sits well with me, the team, Zeke, or its fans. So him and Christian Brown I'd like to see definitely play a few more minutes. But we can't really control that. Neither can Zeke. All he can do is get out there and make the best of every single moment that he plays and gets a chance to play. So Christian Brown, take a pay- <laughs> take a lesson out of Christian Brown's book, Zeke. And just go out there and do you. Christian has been playing phenomenal. I think 
it's the most fun and most supportive I have been the last two years for rookies. Having Bones last year and having Christian this year um, has just been awesome to watch. Awesome to watch them flourish. And I think also watching Malone flourish as a as a as a coach, right? Getting comfortable with allowing guys who are really, really young to be out there and to learn from their mistakes. And I appreciate that he's kind of grown in that way as a coach. All right, before we wrap today's pod one of the final things i wanted to talk about is the schedule because this next third like i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast we have finished the first third of the nba season we are amidst the second third if you break down 82 games into three parts that's 27 games that pretty much the next 27 games takes us to a about just before the All-Star break, about February like 7th-ish or 5th-ish. Um, and in the next 27 games, I would get, I would say, in my opinion, it's probably the toughest part of the Nuggets schedule, this middle piece. Um, the key will be to stay healthy and get their guys back and to be smart because there are a lot of back-to-back games. Right after Christmas, so... Next up, we have the Portland Trailblazers on Friday, then Phoenix Suns on Christmas Day, which is Sunday, by the way. If you haven't got your Christmas done shopping done, it's time to go. But Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, Denver Nuggets. It's not matching pajamas the NBA's giving you. It is a round trip <laughs> to Sacramento. Back-to-back games in Sacramento, the 27th and the 28th. So not where I would want to go. Probably one of the ugliest places you could go in our 50 states, and that's where they're headed right after Christmas. But lucky for them from there, they get to come back home. They host Miami on the 30th, and then again, a back-to-back. New Year's Day, Boston, the second day of the new year, they head to Minnesota. So they have a back-to-back And it is one at home, one away. So that's two back-to-backs already. Same week, end of the first week of the new year, Thursday and Friday, the 5th and the 6th of January, you play the Clippers and then the Cavs at home. Two very good teams. Clippers, middle of the pack in the standings for the West, the Cavs, very good team for the East. The following week, you have, that, that makes three if you're counting, three back-to-backs, right? Between the last week of December and the first week of the new year. The next week, you have no back-to-backs. But the week after that, the third week of January, you got Portland and Minnesota. Both of those are home games. So you don't have to travel. That's a little bit better. The following week, that's four total back-to-back games, series. Um, the following week, 
of January, the 24th and 25th, one month after Christmas. The 24th and the 25th, you're at New Orleans and then in Milwaukee. Both of those away games. That's five back-to-back series of games between the final week of December, after Christmas, and the final week of January. In one month, five back-to-back games. Once you get to February, you have no more back-to-backs in February, plus you have the All-Star break. So I would say far more simpler part of the season once they're in February. But January, January is going to be a beast. So I'm going to have to look up everyone's horoscopes and make sure, you know, nobody's in their rising sign or anything like that because hopefully we can get January taken care of. Once January is taken care of, you only have one more back-to-back for the rest of the season in March, March 18th and March 19th. One is the Knicks and one is Brooklyn. That is a simple back-to-back. That's a back-to-back that makes sense. Thank you for someone... Somebody must have been at the NBA office when they were making this schedule thinking, huh, this is a back-to-back that makes a lot more sense. New York, Knicks, then the Nets, because they're in New York. I lied, though. That's not the only back-to-back they have. They do have one other one. They host New Orleans on the 30th of March, and then they go to Phoenix on the 31st of March, which isn't too bad of a a back-to-back. It's not too, like, far of travel as compared to Uh, New Orleans, and then Milwaukee, I would say, is much farther. And then they have to finish their season off the 8th and 9th of April. They play at Utah and then at Sacramento. Again, two teams that are a bit lower, easier teams to – teams I wouldn't worry about in a back-to-back. Teams that I would – maybe a trap game, but but they should be able to put those away. January has got to be the hardest part of the schedule moving forward. I hope – and pray for for MPJ to be back at least by the end of December, beginning of January. And at the same time, I just, so far this season, we have seen Michael Malone and his staff choose to sit either Jamal, MPJ, Nicola on second nights of back-to-backs or first nights of back-to-backs, depending on who the player is and how they're going to work that out. I hope they really take that to to heart during the month of January. I hope that January is kind of where all of that practice comes. They've had the opportunity to test it out here in the earlier months of the season. They're going to need it for January because, whew, that is a doozy. Five back-to-back series between the end of December and the beginning of January. But you know what that means for us? A lot more Denver Nuggets basketball to watch and talk about. So thanks for joining me today on the latest episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast. Make sure to follow me at VWBadiva on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and head over and check out my videos. I've done a few really cool ones on Nikola Jokic and on John Morant recently. And there will be many more to come soon. So thanks for all the support, guys, and we'll be back with you soon.